Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Saturday, February 17th, 2024. Coming right up, it is the Book of Acts, Chapter 30. Don't you dare miss it. This is a big chapter. It's big for understanding. There's lots of in-depth lessons here that you do not want to miss. There's also Key of David in here. Remember these glossary threads that run through the Bible through the etymology of the keywords. We're going to study some of those today, too. So please turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 13, and I think we're, start, we're starting on verse 12, 13. And while you're doing that, I want to make a shout out to the listeners, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the listeners. Palmetto, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Columbus, Ohio, Seattle, Washington. I'm asking you, I love your emails. It makes me feel connected like we're part of the many-member body. Let's get together, assemble yourselves. That's the least you can do. Just keep in touch with me to let me know that you're out there. Um, Fontana and Ontario, California, Boardman, Oregon, Texas, New York, New Jersey, Georgia. Like you people, I want to hear from you. Companionchapel at gmail.com. Ireland, Germany, Nambia. I love getting those emails. Companionchapel at gmail.com. Just to let me know that you're out there. And please first consider your part in the Men Remembered Body of Christ, the Companion Chapel. I set this up as a registered nonprofit. That means all provisions provided are being utilized for God's purposes. If you send money here, I'm not going to the furniture store. I'm not going to an appliance store or a car dealership or the mall. I'm going to try. I'm trying to do this right now. I have a goal here of uh, $600. And this is from a poor performing platform called YouTube. They have 800 million videos on YouTube. And I blindly upload this. So it's a miracle if you're watching on, on that platform, YouTube. So please let me know. I have $400 together. My goal is $600. And YouTube said they will match that $600 to advertise and promote. What are we advertising and promoting? Helping glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Help get the message of Christ's love out there to a hurting world. And you can go to companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal. And for $10, I'll send you one of these. Look at that. That's the most powerful symbol on planet Earth. Most powerful symbol in the universe. Where the most selfless act of love and compassion took place that the universe has ever witnessed was Calvary on the cross where our Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He took the stripes for us. He laid down his life for us. He paid the price for us. Where prophecy became in accordance with the word of God in accordance with reality right there as universally recognized. It'll get sent to you in one of these little baggies. That's a nice cross that you can hang on your on the mirror of your car or wherever. Keep it with your favorite things. Okay, let's get into it. It's Bible teaching time right now. Let's go to Acts chapter 13 and around <clears throat> verse 13 here. Now, when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, and that just means loose, they're on a cruise, they're on a ship, okay? And these aren't cruise ships like we know today, obviously. These things are crates that float. And they came to Persia and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Okay, okay, John. Fair enough. Just letting us know what's going on here. And when they departed from Persia, they came to Antioch, to Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Where did they go? This is key here. Where did they go? Did they go to the casino? Did they go to their looking for their favorite restaurant? Did they go to some brothel? No, they went to the synagogue. Were they looking for the nicest hotel room in town? No, they went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, sat down, and Sabbath just means rest. That's every day. 
We rest in Christ. Christ became our Sabbath, remember, as it's written. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. There's a key here. What were they doing in the church? After the reading of the law and the prophet. That's God's commandments. That's what you do in church. It didn't say after the rock and roll band was done playing annoying music for 35 minutes. It didn't say after we got to listen to some sermon where the guys using the book as a random book of Bible as a random book of quotes. It said they were reading the Bible, the law and the prophets for understanding. That's key there. Okay, okay, this, okay, law and the prophets. Well, obviously, we have to go to Matthew chapter 5 just to see what we're talking about here. The law and the prophets. Jesus Christ speaking. Think not. Don't you think otherwise. I, I came not to destroy the law or the prophets. I came not to destroy, but to fulfill. What did he fulfill? The blood ordinances, obviously, and all the ceremonies around the blood. He opened the doors of the ministry of salvation. For truly, verily, truly, I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away, that's this age we're in now, not one jot or tittle shall in no way pass from the law to all be fulfilled. Does it say, can that be any more clear? You know what jot and tittle for the, more, for the deeper student is? He's, that's a direct reference to the Masoretic text, a direct reference to the Masoretic text. So in English, we would say, every T is crossed, every I is dotted, nothing has changed. I came to fulfill. Okay, let's go to Luke 24, 44 to understand this a little bit, a little bit better. If that wasn't clear enough, a little bit better. People just change whatever they want when it's not convenient for them. Jesus Christ said that. The, all the laws and the prophecies stand. I came, I came to fulfill. What did I fulfill? Listen, let's go to John um, or Luke uh, 24, 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he, their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Can you believe this proof that we've all been reduced and restricted and that we have to submit with an unquestioned obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ? Okay, so that's what they're doing, the laws and the prophets. People say to me all the time, hey, Mike, the laws don't stand. Can't you read the Bible? The English argument is pointless. Don't you understand? And I pray for everybody that the laws of the Sadducees and Pharisees, the religious ceremonies that became laws, don't. that's not for us. But the laws of God, the laws of his promises that are written in the councils of eternity, those are our laws of correction. Obviously, they apply to us. Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecy. He fulfilled those blood ordinances so we don't have to drag a farm animal to, uh, to church anymore and think that's going to that's gonna get our ticket stamped to get into heaven. Okay, so here we go. That's what they're doing. That's what you do in church, okay? Put down your silly guitars and your silly hymn books and teach the Bible. You men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Well, I would love to have been there and I'd love to be in a church that would do that because I would get up in front and start on page one of the Bible. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand. Cut the music. I love Paul. Men of Israel and you that revere God, give audience. Hushy, thy mouthy, 
and listen up, okay? Revere, fear, same word. In the Hebrew, it's Yahweh. Why, why does it, people say, oh, you got to fear God, like you're scared of him? Yeah, if you're doing something wrong. It's like with your dad, you're, you're like, you're, like you're fleshed out. Okay, I'll use the analogy of me when I was a little kid. If I was ripping around in the neighborhood, I'm 10 years old, it's summertime, man, my leash is off, I'm on my big wheel, I'm ripping around with a loaded diaper, I'm just causing trouble everywhere, not listening to my mom, making her cry, even just being a little, you know, badass, bad. And then 4.30 comes around, and I see him looking down the street, and I see that Chrysler Newport come around the corner. Oh, here comes Dad. I'm, I know I'm getting it, man. I'm getting it. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's no hiding. You can run, but you can't hide, boy. But on the other hand, so that's when you fear. You're doing something wrong. You fear. At revere the same word okay if i'm sitting there one day nice summer day and i got my nice t-shirt on nice pair of shorts i'm sitting there with my blue hat with the red inlay with the little propeller on the top and i got my baseball glove and my dad's baseball glove and a ball sitting there and i'm just waiting for him to come home i see that chrysler newport come around the corner i revere i'm happy to see you i i respect here comes dad right on. Let's play some catch. He's got his briefcase. Throw it a couple times and he'll throw it way over my head, like 20 feet over my head. I'll be in the bush for the next 45 minutes. I come running and I was like, I found the ball, dad. He's sitting there in his boxer shorts and a white undershirt like this, drinking a last 50 with a remote control. I love your dad. Love the father. Fear. Revere. You see, if you're doing something wrong, you're going to fear. Anyways, that's an analogy. That's all I had. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Cut the music. The people of Israel, okay, God, revering our Father, who art in heaven, sacred is thy name, Yahweh is thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, through Yeshua Messiah, our Lord and Savior, the God of this people Israel, on verse 17, Acts 13. I didn't mean to digress like that, but fear and revere, it's Yahweh in the Hebrew, and it's the same translation into Greek here. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with a high arm brought he them out. God executes performances far beyond our current understanding of physics. That's what he did back then. These things are for an example for us in the end times. He gives us an exit. He gives us an exodus from this mainstream society. Get your exit counseling right now from the Lord Jesus Christ. And about the time of 40 years, suffered he their manners in the wilderness. What does this mean, suffered he their manners? Well, remember what these Exodus people were like. Like, can you imagine being Moses, let alone like what God had to put up with? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet for 40 years? Holy, give it up for Moses and Aaron. Over and over. Remember, suffered he their manners. Remember, Korah comes up. Hey, we're just going to change a few things here, Moses. Yeah, we're going to sugarcoat some things and change a few things. We're going to change the whole structure of God's orderly uh, order, order, orderly governmental perfection. What happened to Korah? Don't forget. Okay, suffered he their manners. Complainers, whiners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, that's Canaan. He divided their land to them by lot. God is the God of the living, not the God of not the God of the dead. Okay, so God had to get His word out there so we would have a Bible today. If God didn't intervene, He had to let everybody have a chance. If He didn't intervene like He did back then in the in the Old Testament, 
then we wouldn't have this today. We would have no way out. He had to intervene in that manner. God is the God of the living, not the dead. You're instantly back with the Father. There's no children in hell. He had to get this word out there, and Satan was in the way all the time using people that Satan knew he could use, and he can't use us, people like me, people like you. So always remember that. Yeah, God intervened. He doesn't do it anymore because the Lord Jesus Christ has come to fulfill prophecy. Now there's a way out. It's from the heart. The word is out there. And after that, he gave unto them judges. And remember the judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And we love that book, Samuel. Okay, now there's something here. This is the second time that we've gone over this in less than 13 chapters, which is which is this, this many pages in the Bible. Like it's hardly any. Like there. Like that's it. What's this mean? Note the repeated importance in the Bible to every individual to recognize that we have a responsibility to attain an intellectual integrity towards the truth, towards historical truth. How do they try and destroy societies? How do they try and destroy people? By destroying their ability to understand history. That's why we see on these, uh, I don't know if outside of Canada, they have these things called cenotaphs. They're war memorials. I'm not too sure if they call what they call them in other countries, but here in Canada, they call them cenotaphs, war memorials. And it says on them, lest we forget. And that means for fear we forget history, for fear we forget these patterns that have come up. And this is what happened. So we can identify problems, confront them and correct them before they become monumental, man. And that's what's being said, these patterns. And, and people have a soul, that's our life force, but so does a nation. And we'll see what happens when you, when you take away people's ability, uh, uh, their, their understanding of history. And remember, uh, just recently, I'm dating this February, well, I date every podcast, February 8th, uh, this is February 17th, but you know, watching Tucker Carlson interview Vladimir Putin, and Vladimir Putin starts with 25 minute history lesson just to let us know. United States tries to erase history and rewrite history. United States pulls down, bans books. Canada's doing it too, rewriting false narratives about history, sowing seeds of hatred to create phobias that uh, destroy traditional family values. That makes that make humans humans. That's how you provoke bloody conflicts and coups. That's what's going on. They erased history, and they and they use the mainstream media to do it. And they get the mainstream media like these catchphrases to use on us. And that's what intellectually weak people do. They'll just sit there and they'll say, "Remember this war in Ukraine?" You see people, you know, people arguing with me, you know. And they got these little flags on the back of their vehicles up here. You know, Ukraine, Ukraine. I said, do you know what happened in 214? Do you have an intellectual integrity towards historical truth? Do you see how this construct came about? Unprovoked attack. That's all they got. Just a mainstream media catchphrase. Their argument never holds up to closer scrutiny. Be careful about this. This is what the Bible's teaching us also. We have a responsibility towards historical truth. That's why it's over and over in the Bible. The Bible is so repetitive. Okay, Samuel the prophet. And afterward they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. Remember Saul. Why, why, did, why did they want Saul? Because, because he was like a taller than everybody, better looking. He walks into town. Has anyone seen my dad's livestock? 
What kind of livestock was it? Asses. He's a dumbass. He lost his dad's asses. But they want it. Wow, he looks like a king. We should make him king. God uses us for a great example, right? So Saul, that was an absolute epic disaster. And when he had removed him, Saul, he removed Saul, and raised up to him David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony of and said, I have found, I'm just going to read this properly. You go back to Psalms 89, 20. I haven't found, it's like when, when you say I have found, what's that mean? I lost, I lost David and then there he was out there herding sheep. That's not what it means, okay? I have secured David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill my will. God knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in your heart from birth. That's why he says in the book of Genesis, evil in the heart right from youth. He knows what's inside of us that had us to not be trusted. We are the one third that couldn't be trusted, that fell out of harmony with the universe. And now we have this time now. What are you going to do with your time? To identify your problem, what is inside of you that is not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. God wants all his children back. They can only be reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 23, of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior. I said, our Lord and Jesus Christ, Savior, Jesus Christ, through Mary. There's the posterity of parish, umbilical cord to umbilical cord. Obviously, it wasn't Joseph. We're just saying, okay, so was, was Jesus Christ a Jew? Let's go back to yesterday's lesson. Judah. Let's just, just say Judah. And let's just say, our Lord sprang out of Judah. Judah. Of which, of which tribe Moses spake, Hebrews 7.14, Revelation 5.5, 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 7.5, of the tribe of Judah. So there you have it. Does this word, does that mean Jesus Christ was a Jew? Oh, perpetual posterity through parentage back to brother Judah. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob had 12 sons. The fourth out, out of Leah, was named Judah and just happened to settle in the area that we know today as Jerusalem back then is called Judea. And around Judea was Samaria and Palestine, Syria. Okay, so if you say you were a Jew in the New Testament, 196 times, it's Eudios. You belong to the nation. And, or, their religion, which was brutally hostile towards our Lord Jesus Christ and his followers, obviously. Now, what verse are we on here? Okay, 24 of the great book of Acts, Acts chapter 13. And when John had preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, that's what he was preaching. Wasn't using the Bible's random book of quotes. He didn't have a rock and or roll band down by the, by the, the descender, uh, Jordan, by the river Jordan. He wasn't dressed up like some fancy pants, any effeminate clothing. He was down there. What was he doing? baptizing people repentance of all the people of israel and as john fulfilled his course that's his job he did his job he said who do you think i am i'm not he but behold there one cometh after me whose shoes i'm not fit to worthy to tie or loose okay uh, verse 26 that's just giving a shout out to johnny b who jesus christ said was the most important prophet of them all and he didn't say too much, so you have to hang off every word of John the Baptist. 26, men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham. Oh, did we just say stock of Abraham? Is that the dirtiest word on planet Earth, racism? No, this is the word of God. That's the genealogy. The genealogy of Abraham and whomsoever. 
among you that revereth God. To you is the word of this salvation sent. Whosoever will. There you have it. Whosoever will. The whole human family. God wants his children back. Like I said, they can only be reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. All the angels rejoice when one of us repents. It's irrelevant. Why do they rejoice when one of us repents? Because they want their brothers and sisters back. Do you think they like watching what we're doing to each other on the planet right now? This is an abomination to God. It's an absolute embarrassment to mankind. They're just sitting there right beyond our current perception of physics. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. They're right there. Right there. We just can't see. All we can see is physical matter. We can't see the heavenly body that's right there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We can't see it because we're stuck in these flesh bodies. They're right there. Just ask Elisha's servant. What about Jacob's ladder? What did he see? What did John see in Revelation chapter 10? Wasn't allowed to talk about it. What did Paul see? I saw this and I can't talk about it because it's too much. But it's right there. They're watching us and they're looking at what we're doing to each other. Attitudes of us of obscene entitlement fueled by ruthless, unadulterated greed, overfed, unthankful, unforgiving, just pillaging each other. You can't come back to the kingdom of heaven. They're just sitting, they ain't coming back here. No way. No way. That would just make heaven a new hell. There has to be a great separation of people, and it's up, up to you. Whosoever will, okay? For they that dwell at Jerusalem... That's their church. That's the Jews, as we read in the Bible. That's not a racist term. Again, that's Judas. That means belongs to the nation of Judea. That can be anybody or their religion, which was brutally hostile to our Lord Jesus Christ and his followers. That's who we're talking about here. And their rulers, because they knew him not. They didn't want to know him. Nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every day in the Sabbath. They read it every day, but they don't know it. People read the Bible every day. They don't know it. It has to be taught. They have fulfilled. They fulfilled it, condemning them. They fulfilled it. Where are we going to go for this? Obviously, John chapter 11. We just did the book of John. Chapter 11, verse 49 to 54. And I'll just read it very quickly. What happened there? Divine intervention to this lead clergy. This dude that was in charge, I, f I meant to look up his name before I did this broadcast and I forgot, so I don't, I, I don't know if I pronounce it properly, but it's Cephas, Cephas, okay, Cephas, anyways, let's get to John chapter 11, this is of the utmost importance, here, here they gathered together the chief priests and Pharisees of council, this is the supreme national court, okay, don't forget, there is an occupying force there called the Romans, but there was no division between uh, state and religion back then. So the church ran the show until they got occupied by the Romans. The Romans were just there to keep things in order while they pillaged the place and taxed it, right? That's what occupying forces do, right? United States and your NATO patsies, they do all this to continue dictating and enforcing their will upon other nations. The rules are a system of pillage and oppression. Okay, that's what happens. It's the same. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay, they're so that here, here they all are together, the big religious people. Yes, and they're in their supreme council. And I think it's called the Sanhedrin. And there's like 71 people in this thing. And what do we do for this man doeth many miracles? They're, they're sizing up the Lord Jesus Christ. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. I'm talking about these people here from back in Acts 13.27. For they at Jerusalem, they, did, they don't know him. 
They don't know the voices of the prophets. What are they talking? These people are more concerned with themselves. Watch how this plays out. If we let him alone, Jesus Christ alone, all men will believe on Jesus Christ. And the Romans, this occupying army, shall come and take away both our place and our nation. Our place and our nation? Doesn't it belong to God? Doesn't the church belong to God? Oh, no, not, not with these guys. Okay, that's why they have the feasts of the Jews. That's why it's called the Jews' Passover. They took what they wanted and put them. They claimed the nation and they ruled it as their own. That's what happened. Our rules, our ceremonies, our laws, the difference between God's laws and their laws. Their laws don't apply. That's The whole book of Galatians is about that. And somehow people think, huh, I can go have a pork chop now. Or they read Acts chapter 10. I can go have a pork chop now. I just, like, I really have a hard time understanding that. The way people twist the word. Okay? There should be more teachers out there. But there's not. There's a remnant of truth, you can barely find one. Okay, so here we go. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest this same year, said unto them, You guys, you got, you don't, you don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. Okay, you guys, this is divine intervention right now. The same way they use divine intervention with Balaam. Okay, this is the same for this guy, Siaphas. He's in this big meeting of big shots. And imagine the way they were dressed and everything would just be just so hoity-toity. Okay, so now here's Siaphas. He's like, you don't, you, don't know, you don't know nothing. Nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, that the whole nation shall perish not. Can you believe he said that? You know, this is divine intervention, and he spake this not of himself. But being the high priest of that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. And not only for that nation only, but for, for God's whole human family. Everyone scattered everywhere. God's whole human family. Race, religion, the color of your skin, your gender is absolutely irrelevant. That's what I meant to hit, and I forgot to say that five minutes ago. Irrelevant. We're all God's children. We're all part of the human family. So play your part in the many-membered body of Christ. So this is what this guy said. One must die, and it must be this man, Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Yeshua, salvation of Yahweh. Okay, what? One man. It can't just be any man. This man has to be perfect in righteousness, perfect in trustworthiness. This man has to be the strongest entity in the universe, the most mighty, the most valiant entity in the universe. This man had to take the lowest earthly position for us, and because of us, he had to walk it. This man was had sin hyper-focused on him, not just by any slouch, not just by some people walking around, by this entity that was created in the full pattern of beauty and wisdom in the highest supernatural order, smarter than Daniel the prophet. This guy, Satan, got to walk. He was second in command to God. We got to walk on the very altar of God. He was the covering cherub. He was supposed to be watching out for us. And then he cast doubt on the truth. Iniquity was found in him. He, he challenged God's sovereignty. He looked at us, okay, and I was one of them. And so was you. You got to get that into you. We followed him. One third of us followed him. We couldn't, be, we couldn't be trusted. And now it's up to us to get out. One had to die. Only one. Lord Jesus Christ. Most precious in the universe. A very piece of God's darling soul. God's darling soul, that means God's darling life force, yakid in the Hebrew, it's such a word, was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 22, Psalms 35. 
first and foremost importance in the universe. The only begotten Son of God. What more could I give, God said in the book of Isaiah. What more could I do? I gave my only begotten Son. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Here is the author of salvation. Here is the perfect truth. And the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And that's the way she goes. If you don't like the truth, then what do you do? What are people that don't like the truth? That's people who can't communicate, think everything's an argument, and they'll actually argue with this book here. They will criticize the very book they'll be criticized by. They judge the very book that they'll be judged by. And that's the saddest thing. I pray for everybody. People lack accountability and self-awareness and think everything is attack an attack on them, including this book. This book was not written for your convenience. It was written for your correction. So if you don't like it, then God has set up a place for you that you'll be comforted in. That word comforted in is nekam in the Hebrew. It's onomatopoic. You'll be comforted in now. You like distrust, disorder, chaos. You like always being right. You, you just have to be pointing fingers at others. And you get that feeling of empowerment to try and humiliate other people like Jesus Christ was humiliated. It's, just, it's a place for weak, argumentative ambassadors of arrogance. And people like it. Obviously, look at the world stage today. Look how people reject this. Look at right now. You can be watching this. Look at the moral decay of society. And morals is the benchmark for human values and human virtue. And we see just the moral decay of society. Like right now, I bet you one person is watching this video. One person. But there is 11 million people, I think per second, there's 11,000. I don't know. The statistic made me just want to vomit. Logging on to pornography right now. Jesus Christ said the end time will just be like the days of Noah. Just moral debauchery. I forget. It's just such a sickening statistic. Such a sickening. Like when you're out there with people, you got to be careful. You can't trust people. That's all there is to it. You don't know what's on their mind. That's why women aren't allowed to talk in church. It's a deep, in-depth lesson. Just be careful. Oh, you can talk, but no chattering amongst each other for one. But the deep. that's why it says the law. And it goes back to Genesis 3.15. Oh, I'm getting off track here. But I'm just saying, be very careful out there. That's how many people are watching pornography right now. 100 million people right now at any given time that you've watched this video. And there'll be one person watching me, a remnant of truth. There's no doubt about it. Hey, that's the way she goes. Many are called, very few are chosen. So you have to develop a real concern, but a detached concern for others. You've exhausted your caregiver. What more could I do to help you people? What more could God do? He sent his only begotten son. Okay, let's just stick together here. And uh, what verse are we on? Now the page turns. Okay, I forget what verse we're on. So just us. Okay, John did his job. Okay, we went through there. And they found no cause of death in him. They executed the Lord Jesus Christ. He was innocent, not guilty. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. No sin was found in him. Only Jesus Christ can say this. Satan, you got nothing on me. Yeah, I got off track there. So let's get back on to Calvary at the cross and we'll selfless act of love and compassion. Be the, the universe has ever recognized. He did it for us and because of us. Innocent, not guilty. Satan, you got nothing on me. None of us can say that. And when that blood spilt, that was a covenant that was universally recognized that put Jesus Christ in a spot that he earned. Only Jesus Christ 
can forgive at a judicial level that is universally recognized to allow you, to allow me, to allow whomsoever will judicial clearance back into the kingdom of heaven, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, a place of unity where we come to an understanding of each other, where it's about sacrificing for each other, loving each other, perpetual friendship. Or do you like this world? We can't govern ourselves. 100% failure rate. We let God govern us and we serve him because we want to serve him because he's going to treat us in a manner that is beyond our comprehension. We all sing for joy. Remember the book of Job, chapter uh, 38, verse 7. All of us, Job, where were you? When the whole human family, all the sons of God, the angels, that's who we are. Mark chapter 10. Hey, you know what? You are, Mark, you are angels when you die. Don't you get it? Or is it Mark 12? I forget. Anyways, throw out the Bible, that great threat. That's who you are when you die. You become in your spiritual body. That's your psyche, your spirit, the intellect of your soul. You understand that. Your spirit is your governing index of inward thoughts and feelings, your active attitude that motivates all actions, your personality, your character. It's a closed energy system. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It exchanges physical matter. No, it cannot exchange physical matter. It's a closed energy system. It goes somewhere when you die. It has to. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. The body goes back in the dirt. Who cares, right? Who cares? So we go somewhere when we die. And have you condemned the Lord Jesus Christ? Or do you love him? They found no cause that is of death in him. He laid down his life for you, innocent, not guilty. Yet desired they, Pilate, that, they, that he should be slain. Remember what Pilate said? Pilate goes, am I a Jew? What does that mean? What did it mean? Was he saying, Pilate knew that he wasn't of the genealogy of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through Judah. He knew that. So Pilate's telling us, am I a Jew? Jesus Christ, am I a Jew? Am I hostile towards you and your followers? Listen, I'm just trying to keep the peace here. There's a big mob scene out there, an obscene mob scene that wants to slice and dice you. They're going to blow up this place. I'm going to lose my job. Right? That's what Pilate's saying. Pilate washed his hands, remember? Figuratively and literally over this execution of an innocent man. The man. The second man, Eth Hahadam, this particular man, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Yeshua Messiah, Melchizedek, order, high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Pilate's job as a leader of a hated um, occupying force was to keep, was to keep the peace. Okay, keep keep the keep the uh, he the hate fueled mob scene. Pilate went back to Italy and committed suicide. All right. Um. Okay, okay, I got off track. My mind wandered a little bit. Sorry. Okay, let's go to verse 29. And when they had fulfilled all that that was written of him, they took down, took him down from the tree and laid him in the sepulcher. Okay, so when us, I know I fell for it too. All right. Okay, I admit it. Okay, sorry, not sorry about this tree thing. And remember, it's Staros and Zulon in the original language. Okay, Steros, when people say it wasn't a cross, Michael, it wasn't a cross. Okay, Steros means something that's stuck in the ground, like a fence post, okay, like this, okay? You got this, it's a piece of lumber, it's stuck in the ground. That's what Steros means. Okay, Jesus Christ was crucified on a Steros. And now here it says, Zulon, okay, on a tree. And what this word means, just so you know, it means something made of wood in which someone is suspended on. That's a cross. That's page 472 of your little Scott lexicon, and it's in other lexicons too. It means lumber that is ready for use, including torture 
and prisoner restraint devices, it was a cross. So next time someone says that, just remind them of the book of Acts and to go back into the manuscripts through the lexicons because the English argument is absolutely pointless. And here we go again. I forget what verse we're on. Okay, verse 30. But God raised him from the dead. God executes performances far beyond our current understanding of physics. He did this for us and because of us. What more could he do? And he was seen many days of them which which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses, that's the word martyr in the Greek, unto the people. Same. Witness is a martyr because they're going to come at you and try and kill the truth. They do it to me by downvoting me. I've been kicked off more platforms than I've been on and, and so on. Okay, Be, Just from telling the truth. People don't like the truth. They like their feelings to determine what's true. They like to be churchy church people. You know, it's the churchy church people that are responsible for most of the atheism on planet Earth today, especially in Canada and the United States. I'll speak because that's my hood on the global on the on the globe. Okay, so when I talk to heathen people that I really like and they're atheists and I hear what they say, that's because some churchy church person has said the most ridiculous BS that's not even written in the Bible and no wonder they're atheists. I would be too if I didn't say, wait a minute, wait. This book wasn't written in English. So you have to go back to the original language. The two most the two most printed books on planet Earth, the two most best selling books on planet Earth by far, the Quran and the Holy Bible, are the two least translatable books into the English. Therefore you have to go back into the manuscripts and through the lexicons and then you will see a totally different book and I'll do that for you all day long. Well, I do. Okay, God raised him up from the dead and you will see many days. Martyr, witness, and we declare unto you glad tidings how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he raised up Jesus again and it also is written in the second Psalm, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Yeah, this was all written before. God tells us all before. That's prophecy. That's why David was a prophet. The Psalms are part of the prophets and the laws, as we just read here a couple verses ago. Um, where was that? I can't remember. That was, uh, it doesn't matter. It was like probably half an hour ago. I thought I could do this in 15 minutes. That never, ever happens. 34, as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead. Now, no more to return to corruption because he was never in corruption. Okay, we're going to go over this word corruption. I will give you the sure mercies of David. That's the promises written in the councils of eternity. Okay, okay. I, I did look up this word corruption earlier and I seem to have lost it. Corruption is diaphthoreo. And it means decay of the flesh. Jesus Christ never decayed. He had, God took him right away. He had, some, he had somewhere to go. Where did he go? Back to the prisons to preach salvation. Okay, because we're going to find out right now why he had to go there. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Let's see why well, I'm racing here. I'm racing big time. I'm already at 40 minutes. I thought I could do the whole thing. Let's just stop there. Okay. Diathoreo. Decay of the flesh. Jesus Christ didn't decay. Like, we're all going to decay. Okay. Anyways, I want to thank you very much for watching. If you can help support this channel in any way, it's just to get God's word out there. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. And remember, God's grace comes with the price. God is calling you to action. What are you sacrificing for the grace God has granted you? Okay, people cheapify God's grace by not supporting God's truth. I can tell you, 1995, there I was, laying there on a couch, staring at the ceiling, 3 a.m., with a TV with three channels. I didn't even watch the thing. It was just on from noise. And who came on that TV at 3 a.m.? Listen, I was in a position in life where I had to look up to see hell. That's how horrible everything was. 
Pastor Arnold Murray. How did he get that TV time? Remember Shepherd's Chapel students back then? I remember he used to talk about the big mother, that big satellite dish. That didn't come out of his pocket. He didn't have money for that. It was people supporting God's word being taught. If people didn't support God's word, it never would have got out there. I wouldn't be here right now. I would be dead in hell, 100% guaranteed. And there he was, 3 in the morning. I remember I jumped off that couch, and I grabbed a pen, and I grabbed an envelope. I know it was an unpaid hydro bill, and just started writing stuff down that this man was saying. I knew right away the truth was being taught, and I supported that ministry. I bought hundreds and hundreds of cassettes. And no, life was no cakewalk once you find the truth. Once you realize everything that you've been taught is basically a lie. Everything that you've been taught to purpose your plans, plots, everything, conform, Michael, conform to the ways and things of the world, it's a big deal, but it's doable. God will never put more on you than you can handle. He'll always give you a way out. God will never leave you or forsake you. And believe me, I hit rock bottom many times since that first day I saw Dr. Almarie, but Jesus Christ was always there, and he's always there for you. Jesus Christ loves you to pieces. I want to thank you very much. Thank you very much for watching. I thought I could pull this chapter off in one shot. Have yourself the greatest day, and bye for now.